And welcome to another program of the Jewish View. I'm your host, Rabbi Hananya Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. So today we're, hopefully, we'll not talk about politics, because I had enough of that. Election is, thank God, it's over. And now this uh, new president start working for us. That's good, I think. We'll see how things going on. Now, I would like to speak to you about a few uh, things. I hope they're not going to be too much, you know, too complicated. And the first one I would like to share with you is related to what the we, the Jewish people, <coughs> excuse me, going to read uh, this uh, Shabbat, Sabbath at the synagogues. And as I mentioned last time, <clears throat> uh, we are uh, we started the book of uh, Exodus, Sefer Shemot. And once again, I would like to uh, shed some light on the big picture. Well, we know we all went through through the you can call it, you know legend, fairy tale, myth, whatever you want to call it, facts. But the Bible was written in a way when Moses wrote it from the with the guidance of God, what to put in, what to write. It should be internal. I mean, what I mean by that is that every generation should get something that is relevant. It's not an ancient text that was written a long time ago and relevant to the period it was written. That's not what we believe. Uh, and everybody else that believes that way, that it is, you know, it's even if it's belong belong to um belong to the Jewish nation by either, you know tradition, culture or whatever, I'm missing the whole point of being a Jew. So the first a few things uh, that are uh, mentioned that I would like to uh discuss that with you and share my opinion on them. Well the first one is of course the freedom of choice. There is a question in the Jewish literature about fairness, about justice, because we see that when the Almighty told Moshe, Moses, to um, go to Egypt and speak to Pharaoh and tell them to, you know, the famous slogan, let my people go, and the Almighty is telling Moshe that... Pharaoh will re will refuse, and he will refuse because the Almighty Himself will strength his uh, heart, so he will not listen to the to the words of God, and he will not let the people go. So the question is: Well, if the Almighty Himself is interfering with the heart of Pharaoh, how how can he punish him? That's not fair. It's like uh, uh, that's not how you make uh, uh, you know business basically. It's not how it, things works. So it's a good question, and there are many many uh, answers. But the basic one that I would like to share with you is: we all have freedom of choice. We all can choose what do we want to do with our life. Not what profession we're going to have, not uh, how many kids we're going to have. This is not really up to us. 
because life has their own, you know, rhythm, and people, you know, can change profession, they can uh, extend their family, etc. But it's crucial to understand who we are as humans. And what do we choose to do with our life? Because you can be, you know, a, a lawyer or a doctor. It's funny that, uh, you know, those seems to be a very Jewish profession, right? The dream of every Jewish mother. Uh, but, you know, take any noble uh, profession. Of course, politician is not one of them. And you can be, you know, a great doctor, a great uh, author, a great uh, whatever, and a horrible person. And yet, you can be, you know, uh, not to disrespect anybody, you know, a car mechanic or a, a truck driver. Not something that you need to, to pass university for. And you'd be a great person. Why? Because there is a question of what you do with your life in terms of who you really are. And who you really are is not where you come from, is not... Uh, what tribe you belong to is not uh, what profession or what diploma do you have. This is all, you know, external things. Those things are not uh, what makes you who you really, really are inside. So it's interesting to look at this archetype of, uh, of Pharaoh, where, remember how he started? He chose to enslave the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites. Back then, there were no Jews. And what we can see from that, that he made his own first choice. And all the Almighty did, is says, oh, if this is the path that he is taking, I know where he, go, where he is going to end with it. And you know what? I'm not going to guide him to... To fix it, to go back, to uh, be a better person, because he's ma he, he, he's make, making his mind very very clear that he wants those people, the Jew, the Hebrew, the Hebrews, the Israelites, to be slaves. And we're not talking about slavery. Not even there's nothing even to compare, even to the slavery that uh, the United States had, like 200 years ago or so. We're talking about much worse conditions of, of uh, slavery. And by doing that, the Almighty said, you know, he chose his path, Pharaoh chose his path, I'm not going to let him, I'm not going to guide him to come back to, he's going he's gonna to suffer all the consequences of his choice. Because think about it. What we have today, in terms of freedom of choice, we don't have a lot. Or we know we like to say, oh, freedom, freedom. No, we don't have really freedom. Some of us are slaves to the banks. Some of us are slaves to the media, the technology. It's all form of slavery. And what I mean by that is, so where, where is, the, where is the, the freedom, right? What, what, exactly, what exactly are you free from? So a few things. One... You can free. You can be free from the Almighty, which means you're going to be slave to something else, whatever materialistic uh, thing. But if you are 
a slave or a servant to the Almighty, then you are free from all the other things. This is one thing. The other thing is we need to look is what is our choices? Where is this um, freedom of choice coming into, into our life? And basically the answer will be, you know, in every second you have the, the choice to do good or to do bad, to cheat or to be honest, to be kind or to be stingy. So this is also part of the freedom of choice. But is, there is something even more than that. And that thing is, what environment are you, do you live in? What do I mean by that? Basically, the choice that we have is, what are we going to do with our life? What is our uh, surrounding environment? Everybody who knows, you know, cr Criminology 101 knows that if you are a righteous baby, but you grew up in a, a village of uh, thieves, well, most probably you're going to end up just like them. And if you are not so a good person, but if you are, in, but you are in a village or an environment of righteous people, something from that righteousness will will be attached to you. You will get influenced by it, and you will be good. So the freedom of choice that we have basically is what is our environment, surrounding environment: good people, bad people, uh, kind people, or not so kind people. And this is the most important thing, because the idea is to um, surround yourself with good people, with positive people. Not necessarily people like you. Not people who think like you. This is, this is a trap. People that respect you because you are you're created by God. Now, you can argue you know, till dawn about politics and whatever, all the other stuff. People like to be, to be, um, to, argue that, to argue about. But you still have this basic respect towards people who doesn't, doesn't think like you, and they have good character. They're kind, they are um, accepting, loving, not naive necessarily, but you're like in, in, on the same level as them. They don't look look down to you. Everybody is uh, respecting each other. And on the other hand, you can choose to live in um, a place where people are materialistic, uh, superficial. It's all about the money. I almost say Los Angeles because I used to live there. But uh, you get my point. I think that's why I moved from there. Um, so... When we talk about freedom of choice, that is basically, there is a very interesting uh, discussion in the Talmud about a bird that the scholars argued if it's kosher to eat or not kosher to eat. Okay? Very interesting debate. And it says, we don't know. It, ha it has the signs that, we, that it is allowed and it has some signs that it doesn't. And eventually what happened, they did the observation and they saw that this bird really hang, hanging out with the craw, right? So, so if this is if this is his friend, then he's not he's not kosher, okay? And basically, the old phrase said, "Tell me who your friends are, I will tell you who you are." 
kind of thing. So that's just a quick overview or a few thoughts from a different angle on freedom of choice. Let's take a, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, you're listening to uh, The Jewish View with me, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, here on ctkradio.org. And we're back here with the Jewish View on ctkradio.org. I'm your host, Rabbi Hanania Cohen. So we just touched base a little bit of choice. And that leads me to our next topic, which is how to choose right. Or, you know, because, you know, you can see today, for example, let's, let's speak about something that is current right now. We see many, many groups, especially in the campuses, you know, young people, some would say naive, some would say fool, fools, um, that speak highly about justice and uh, uh, social justice and all that type of stuff. Now, everybody who knows a little bit about propaganda, you know, know that uh, you can do the biggest horrible thing, but if you if you name it right, then people will fall for it. For example, the Democratic Republic of North Korea. Heard about them? The Democratic Republic. Very democratic. Everybody knows that democracy is the last thing that they have there. Same with, you know, China. Um, but the name tells you now, when you see something, somebody that is labeling his brand in their way, like the best, or democratic, or the honorable, you know, a healthy suspicion is is needed here. So when I look at all those uh, social justice warriors, speaks about occupation in Palestine, nobody's like talking about the occupation in Tibet or the occupation in many other places in the world. It's all about Palestine, right? And stuff like that, you know. You can add global warming if you want into that picture, into that uh, pile. All that type of stuff. Um, I am willing to see and to hear, because I am all for justice. I am all for the right thing to do. And yet, when I look, who who are they um, cooperating with? Who are they? Who are their allies? Just like I told you before, the bird who seeks the crow as a as a friend, as a guidance, as a whatever you want to call it. So it says, this is not about justice. This is pure either anarchy, anti-Semitism, or any of that type of stuff. But no, you you cannot make today the national movement of anti-Semites, right? That's not going to be nice on the in the media. So you have to put it in a nice uh, uh, student for justice, 
or uh, what's the name, DBS or BSD, and those who want to boycott uh, Israel. That type of stuff. This is not about justice. This is about hatred. This is about, if you are a Bible follower, this is about going against the people of God, people of the book. Now, as, again, as I always says, you know, we, the Jews, we're not perfect. We still have, we need to go back to uh, uh, spreading the word of the Almighty in this world and make the world a better place. And we sometimes we mess it up. But that doesn't give anybody the excuse or the authority to uh, try and basically uh, annihilate the Jewish people because that's not how things work. And A, it's impossible. Uh, I mean, Hitler tried. Stalin wasn't that kind either. Um, it's not going to work. And it's not going to work because the Almighty himself told us that in the Bible. Read the prophets. The, the prophets. And even the, uh, the five books of Moses. Very clear. You're going to mess it up. You're going to suffer. You're going to repent. And everything's going to be okay after that. That's how, this is basically the cycle. But when you see people who are um, using lack of justice or lack of uh, purity, if you want, in their heart, I would say be careful. Because, for example, there was a research I read that all those groups who help, you know, villages in Africa or basically the welfare method, that the white people are coming to save all those poor people in the world, right? Well, what do you think will happen if they succeed? Then those white people or those kind people who have the right cause will be unemployed. So that's not a good idea. We have to keep the suffering on uh, low cooking, low fire, keep it going. So we'll always need to help people. It's never going to be, oh, we help them, let's move on. No. If we move on, now we have to find a real job. Okay? And that's, that's true also for, you know, what's going on in the inner city in, in, in the United States. We have to keep people on welfare. We have to keep them uh, pampered by, by the government, by the system, and not let them go. Not let them stand on their own feet. And I believe this is very, very wrong. I mean, you know, when you when you teach kids how to uh, kid how to uh, ride a bicycle, you give him a push and you let him go. One time he's gonna fall, second, then he's gonna he's gonna get it. But if you keep holding him, then he will never learn. So, and that's what I was thinking when I remembered the story. Once again, going to the to uh, Exodus to Shemot, when Moshe Moses saw the Egyptian police, policeman, I guess, beating a, Jew, a Hebrew man uh, from his brothers, right? And this is very interesting because Moshe didn't really go with the politically correct, nice agenda. He just said, hey, what are you doing? Why are you beating that poor man? That's late. No. When he realized that this man, this Egyptian police officer, a soldier of Pharaoh, is 
evil is his soul is corrupt. There is no point of talking to him. And he was a prince. Moshe was a prince. Let's not forget that. Then he pretty much killed him and buried him in the sand. Remember that story? No talking. No, uh, uh, let's discuss that. Let's sit and do it. No. When somebody is pure evil, there is no, nothing to talk about. He has to take a stand. And you have to take a stand in a way that will make things clear in your soul what is right and what is wrong, what is evil and what is righteous. So that's what I see. And if you read the news, we have some, you know, the, there are certain people in the world that uh, always find new ways, new creative, bombastic ways to uh, bomb people kill people in the name of whatever God, in the name of making uh, the world unite under one God, all this garbage. So what we have, we had, we had uh, car bombs, we had, no, we have truck bombs, we had suicide airplanes, we had suicide people, we have suicide women, suicide kids. And now the new thing in Africa, so the last, last past week, I believe, a, a mother and her baby on her back as a suicide bomber. Isn't that great uh, how we are advancing forward in order to achieve this goal? Yeah, so if you uh, read the news, there was a few cases of women in Africa, I think Nigeria, that came to the market with their baby on their back. You all, know, you probably all know that this picture of an African uh, woman carrying her baby on her back. And once she entered, she just blew herself up with her baby, of course. But it's all for a good cause, I guess. So I don't know how they justify it. I guess it's killing the infidel is something, uh, you know, you get my point. So this is what happens when you choose wrong and you wrap it up with justice, with uh, honorable death in the sake of God, whatever you want to call it. This is pure garbage, it's pure propaganda. And the Jewish uh, view on that is obviously very uh, against that type of, uh, of action. We have no obligation, even in the state of Israel, to force somebody to join our religion. I would say exactly the opposite. We try to keep people out. Um, some would say it's a members-only club. Some would say we have enough problems. Depends on your attitude. We do have an obligation to clear the state of Israel from idols and all that type of uh, worship. And they can go to anywhere in the world. No killing, no... I mean, look at, look at even the obligation that we, the Jewish people, in the, in the Torah, we get of uh, eliminating or annihilating Amalekites. Remember that? So our scholars find a way even to get, to get out of that as well. And the way is very simple. We don't know who is from Amalek. 
We don't know. Therefore, we cannot kill. Therefore, it's irrelevant. Now, some would say, oh, no, let's kill everybody because we cover all the options. Well, with this type of thought, the world will never going to be a, a better place. So, it's another time for another quick break. Uh, you're listening to uh, me, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, your host, The Jewish View on ctkradio.org. Jewish view on ctkradio.org. I hope that uh, you guys are listening and you understand when it's sarcastic or you know cynicism, and don't start go and blow up people or uh, uh, do crazy stuff just because I am mocking the people who are doing that. Remember, this is an unpolitically correct. I'm not going to be nice or uh, culturally sensitive and all this thing. I'm going to say what I think. Now, if you do disagree with me which probably most of you or some of you are, send us an email. Be specific. No curses and stuff like that, or I'm going to hell and all that, and I'm not interested in that. Uh, just be specific. Ask me, you know, if you need uh, me to elaborate more on any topic, I will do that gladly, and I will read your uh, questions or remarks, and we can have some kind of a debate. You know, they said the Jews love to debate. Um... I'm not looking for debates. I'm just sharing my opinion, and I'm willing to uh, expose myself to a different opinion, as long as they are uh, pr- uh, presented, you know, respectfully. So, my next topic is also this. This uh, program today is all about the weekly portion, the parasha that we read this week, and that is the second one on the Book of Exodus, Vaera where, if you look at the end of the previous one, now, as I said a few times, the whole, just to give you a little bit of explanation, the whole uh, verses, chapters thing is not a Jewish thing. It's actually something that the Christian, forgot the name of the priest who did that, uh, they divided it into verses, into chapters, so I'm not gonna say I'm I'm not gonna say look at uh, chapter this versus verse that. No, I'm just based on the topic, based on the portion. So I already mentioned a few times that what makes us similar or in the image of the Almighty, as we talked when we talked about Genesis, is that we have a brain that help us understand and develop and if you want to look at a different angle, be like a mini-god. But we will never, ever, even though we would really, really would like to, be like the original, be like God, like the Almighty. It's not going to happen. We are limited in our capabilities and we have to accept it and to do the best we can with our with the tools that the Almighty gave us. Now, 
One of the biggest questions is, if you look at the end of the parasha, the portion of Shemot, where after Moses and uh, Moshe and Aharon going to Pharaoh and they deliver the message, things become even worse than for the Jew, for the Hebrew, right? No straw, no. Um, basically, we have to work harder. That's the point. And we would like, if if you come from a childish point of view, well, we gave him the, 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 the words of God, right? And if they don't listen, God should right away punish the Egyptian or whomever is against us and show his glory. But that's not the case. What happened is that things become harder and tougher, and even the slaves, the Israelites, my people, went and complained to Moshe. Like, before you came, everything was, it was a honeymoon. Since you came and you delivered the message, things are horrible. A, it's wrong. B, that's not how things work. Sometimes you have, what I learned from it, is that sometimes you have to, uh, you know, you're in, 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 in a bad situation, but you need to go through the peak of this bad situation and still keep your faith and that's the key point here because you know you can say oh please God show your glory have mercy on me and you don't really mean it or uh, and uh, the almighty would say something like okay you, you really believe in me let's check your your faith and he gives you another obstacle like things get worse now, if you lose your faith, you're going to stay a slave. If you say, you know what, I don't know why you're doing it, I accept, I accept it. Probably part of my redemption or whatever answer you can come up with, with uh, for yourself. Then you will, be, you will see the, the glory and the miracles. But it's not like, uh, oh, I'm going to do this. Right? God, I'm going to give to the synagogue, the church, the whatever. I'm going to have a nice plaque on the wall with my name that I donated the library or whatever. And you will give me prosperity. You will make my family healthy or whatever. I'm sorry to disappoint you folks. This is not how things work. This works maybe in a, in a kindergarten level of understanding where people need to, oh, okay, this is the candy. If you do this, this is what you get. Like you're training an animal. But if you go deeper than that, it's exactly the opposite. When, when things go tough on you in your life, then you're on the right track. Why? Because it takes an effort from the Almighty, figuratively speaking, to listen to you. He says, okay, I'm going to check this guy out. Let's see if he's serious. Let's give him a few minutes, a few seconds of attention and see what his, what his uh, choices is going to be. And if you're going to complain and cry and go and get into despair and go into this whole uh, uh, faith tantrum, oh, God doesn't love me after all what I've done for him, well, you are, you're in the, wrong, in the wrong game. This is not how things work. First of all, you didn't do anything for God, right? 
That's just because you donate something. You gave money to a synagogue, the church, or whatever. Who gave you that money? Oh, I worked for it. Really? Who gave you the health to work for it? And you can go on. You get my uh, my line of thinking here. So you need to be, we need to be um, much more respectful. So thank you for everything you've done for me. What I'm doing to you, for you, is nothing really. Right? But I'm going to do what I can. Because I'm not an angel. And if you do that, then the Almighty will see and says, well, he's doing what he can. Let's give him more. But if he is going into uh, arrogancy, oh, I give this, I build that, or going into despair and uh, complaining. Now, folks, nobody likes complainers. Let's make this thing clear. Okay? Don't complain. We Accept the fact that we do not understand. We don't understand why some people have uh, certain diseases, why people are dying in horrible accidents, why uh, people behaving in, in horrible ways and kill other people. We don't understand. But we have the obligation to try, at least try, and help and do good. So this is, I think, one of the, the, the points that I get from the story. And, and look what happened. After they complained, the Israelites in Egypt, going back to that, you know, model, even Moshe, even Moshe went and complained to the Almighty. Since you sent me, things got worse. So what's going on? Because Moshe, Moses, was also was debating. It was just his first, a few, a few uh, first time getting a prophecy. And communicating with communicating with the Almighty, so it was unclear to him how that things can happen, because and he understood. He understood. It's not like you are giving a, a check to the to the Almighty. Here is the check. Give me my change or uh, whatever. I did this for you. Now show your glory. No, it's not how things works, and we all have to accept it. Once again, we cannot understand the Almighty. Because if we do, then we will be Him, basically. Right? There's no difference. So we have to first, first know where we are and think what He wants from us. If he, does He want us to go and uh, blow up churches and kill Jews or kill anybody that we feel like, uh, or cheat or steal or all that type of stuff, or He wants us to do good? That's the question. And that's where, again, the freedom of choice coming into the picture. If you surround yourself with people who are doing good, you're going to be good, if you go, and vice versa. So in the next segment, we're going to speak about the, the miracles. So let's take a quick break. You're listening to uh, Rabbi Hananiah Cohen, that will be me, on ctkradio.org.
And we're back. Listening to Rabbi Hananiah Cohen here on stickerradio.org on the Jewish view. And in our last segment for today, I would like again, and you will go, you're going to hear that many, many times more, take out the perspective of the kindergarten approach where everything is so superficial. Oh, yeah, and the miracles happened, and this, and that's like everything is so, so obvious, so simple. No. There's always deeper meaning than that, and the more you uh, grow spiritually and physically, you have a different perspective. So, for the last segment today, I would like to speak to you about what's, again, starting in this uh, weekly portion of, of this week, and that's all the miracles. The ten plagues, the, the Nile become, you know, blood, turn into blood, and the, the staff turn into snake, all those beautiful effects that we saw on the Ten Commandments with Charlton Huston. Long time ago. Yes. Or in some new, um, I don't know, animation movies that they tell the story. Uh, this, is, this is nice, but this is, not, this is not what you base your faith on. At least not, not for me, at least not for the deeper Jewish understanding of that. And, you know, if you want to know the deeper understanding, you need to go to the people who actually received that. Um, so what do we have here? We have the simple approach, the miracles, right? You go to the people, the, the Almighty told uh, Moshe, Moses, and you uh, do the trick with the staff. You throw it, and it's going to turn into a snake, and you take the blood, you take the water out of the Nile, and it's going to turn into blood, all that type of stuff. But, and it's, it's very convincing, you know, if you go to somebody, you, you do a nice show, and he says, and now I'm holding in my hand a cup of water from the Nile. Everybody see that cup of water? Yes, good. And three, two, one, boom, it's blood. Everybody's clapping. We are believers. Okay, we have a problem with that. Because if that was the case, I think David Copperfield will be the next Moses. The, the Jewish philosophy, the Jewish view is never to give too much power to miracles. Miracles are nice and uh, convincing, but if you only, if a Jew only based, basing his um, faith, his connection, on miracles, then he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna hold water for a long time. And the simple proof is again going back to the five books of Moses. <clears throat> what is the generation that saw the most amazing uh, miracles? The ten plague, the opening of the sea, the food from the heavens, all that stuff, all that thing, right? And yet they did the golden calf. How can you explain that? You saw, right? You've been there. What went wrong? We, you, you've been to the movie, to the show. You saw all these special effects. And now you're doing that golden calf, which is a different you know, topic and very deep to talk about. But I'm just trying to give you the basic idea. So the idea is that you do not base faith on miracles. Not somebody walking on water. Or somebody raising the, the 
someone, a dead uh, person. Jewish prophet did that. It's not a big deal for them. It is a big deal for us now because we are, we are so limited in our in our capacity to understand. So when I get people, oh well, he did that miracle, and so what? So did David Copperfield or any other magician. I mean, if you look, uh, America got talent. Some of them will be great uh, doing miracles with cards with uh, cutting, uh, you know, a nice lady to half, old, and then put her back, which is even more difficult. So, put that aside. Put that belief, which is important, but it's only, you can say, you know, the cherry on top. But if you're missing the whole cake, what's the point of the cherry? So, the miracles, the way we look at it, uh, the way that deep understanding of Jewish thought is looking at that, is it's nice. We, it might happen because God is not limited, obviously. He can do whatever He wants. But to establish uh, a rapport or a connection with the Almighty, it takes a work. And that work took the Jewish people 40 years of wandering in the desert until they entered the land, uh, promised land, the land of Israel. So, my point is, don't get impressed by miracles. Don't base all your faith on miracles, on stories. Think. Analyze. Use logic. Uh, try to see the hidden message. Because the superficial one, everybody can get it. Right? Oh, he did that. Well, okay. No, back in the days, we're talking about 2,000 years ago, to walk on water was not a big deal. Everybody could do that. Everybody is on a level uh, of doing that. And we had great scholars back then. Um, Well, most of them were killed by the Roman Empire, but they never even thought of using what they knew in order to save themselves or to impress other people. So I want to make this clear, because I get this claim, oh, uh, a lot. Well, he is a holy man. Why? Because when he is walking in the rain, somebody actually told me that. When he is walking in the rain, wherever he go, there is no rain, only around him. So that means that he is holy. You know what? Could be right, could be wrong, I don't care. But I will tell you what is for sure. For sure. This is coming out of um, arrogancy. What I mean by that is, you know, where if you go out and there is, you see miracles, right? Oh, I'm walking in the rain and I'm not getting wet. You are actually forcing a change in the creation that the Almighty done, and because you you want to have your own, you know, space, you're you're. You're catching, you're holding a space in the world that does not belong to you. And as a result, you are forcing the nature that the Almighty created to uh, play according to what you what you want or what you need. Versus the Jewish point of view will be let it rain. This is this is what the Almighty wants, then this is how it's gonna play. 
If he wants me to get wet, I will, I will get wet. If he wants me to get uh, dry, then will be that. And this is basically the guideline that we see in many, many Jewish scholars that they tried not to hold a space of uh, self-significancy, if you want to call it this way, like there's something. It's actually the opposite. The more, the more you are nothing, the more you are. I hope this, what I'm trying to say is clear. But the more you are, you are something, you're really nothing. So it goes both ways. So the, the ideal understanding, according to the Jewish view, that the way I learned it, is try not to uh, play and force the Almighty to do what you want, because it's not who, it's not Him who is serving you. It's you who are serving him. Let me tell you a quick story. One of the great scholars of the Jewish world was Rabbi Akiva. He was executed by the Romans. And the way they executed him, because they were very, very creative, they used uh, iron combs over his, his body, and they scratched like, all his flesh with this iron comb. And this is how he passed away. And while they did that, his students were there. He says, you know, you can get out of it very quickly. Right? You can look at them and they will drop dead. You can say something and the miracle will happen. And he looked at them and he says, I am worshipping the Almighty even though he's taking my soul. Even though my body is going to be dead. Because this is not the, the purpose is not to live a long life, it's to live a meaningful life, even if they are short. So I want you to think about that. And once again, you can go to ctkradio.org, you know, send us an email uh, for Rabbi Cohen through the you know, contact us uh, thing. And tell me what you think about that, about that point. Don't get impressed by miracles. And with that, we're going to conclude the program for today. I hope you had some new thoughts on what we just talked about. And once again, let me know if you're agreeing, disagreeing. At least I get some feedback. And you're listening to me, Rabbi Hanania Cohen, your host, here with the Jewish View on ctkradio.org. Mm-hmm.